Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 13 of Control Issues. This past week, I was unable to tape um, Facebook Live because I was plagued by laryngitis, and uh, I'm kind of still dealing with it. My voice is back, but it's definitely not super easy to talk and hurts a little bit. So bear with me on this episode, Um, but I'm mostly back in fighting shape. So this episode will be just me. I'm going to answer some questions that came from people over the course of the last few months and hopefully be able to share some experience, strength, and hope. Normally, I tape on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Facebook Live. You can follow along by liking and following Control Issues on Facebook. You can stay up to date with that information by liking the Control Issues Instagram page at Control Issues 19. And if you have any feedback and want to send that to me, shoot them in a DM through either of those platforms, or you can send me an email, um, controlissues19 at gmail.com. I am so grateful for everyone that has been listening and staying um, loyal to the episodes, probably not the best word there, but um, you know, this week when I wasn't able to tape, a couple of people reached out and they were really sad that I couldn't tape on Tuesday. So that definitely was very heartwarming and I'm so grateful that people are, and I know I use that word and phrase a lot, but I mean, the overwhelming sense of joy that I get from the feedback warms my heart, right? Like I'm not doing this to be famous. I'm not doing this for clout. I just want to connect with other people and to share messages that come from guests that I truly respect, right? People that I love what they have to say and I want to share it with the world. So those that are avid followers really warm my heart to know that this message has a purpose and is getting to someone, even if it's just one person. So this week, I'm going to do the best I can with my uh, <laughs> my voice, and um, it sounds great, but if you could feel what my throat feels like, it's not great, um, but I'm going to answer some questions, and I hope you enjoy them. If you don't, feel free to send me feedback, because I'd love to hear why not, and maybe we can delve into that, and, um, and then there'll be an episode on Tuesday at 7 p.m. It's not going to be live this week. But it is going to be a pre-recorded episode with Lauren H. Um, Just worked best for both of our schedules um, to do it ahead of time on Memorial Day. So that should be a good time. But without further ado, here's some questions that I have received and I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability. So a good one to start off with and one that I'm a big fan of is what is one thing you look forward to every day? So... I wish I could tell you that I look forward to my daily time with God. I do some days. I Every morning I get up, I pray, and I meditate, and I have a minute of time. Well, more than one minute, but I have some time with God. I feel for me that is the best way for me to end my day with God and to begin my day with God because that way I'm inviting him into every single situation in my life. And when I say God, any higher power, right? If you're think I personally think that mine sounds like Aslan from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but if you worship a uh, Korean Jesus or a pink cloud or the doorknob, whatever it is for you, rock on. As long as you're realizing that something greater than us is leading the charge, that's all that matters. So that time with me, or for me, excuse me, with God is incredibly important because it kind of sets me on the path and keeps me in the right mindset and framework for the day. But that's not my favorite time of the day. Um, It's not what I most look forward to. I wish I could tell you I look forward to the time when I sit down with sponsees and see the light turn on their eyes. Not that either. Um, uh, Maybe a little bit Netflix, but 
My most favorite time of the day is when I have my cup of coffee and I do my crossword. I do a New York Times crossword puzzle every day. I'm down to 30 minutes for the Sunday. So for those of you crossworders, I'm kind of a badass. Um, but that time is my mindless time. It's very meditative. Yeah, a crossword puzzle takes mind, right? Like you have to answer essentially clues and put in words that relate to the clues and you have to make sure you're getting them right. Um, so it takes your brain, but for me, it's time when I'm not thinking about other things. I'm not worrying about what have I not tackled at work that day. Well, I mean, I'm doing it in the morning, so hopefully <laughs> I'm not missing anything yet, but you know, I'm not worried about work. I'm not worried about what other people are thinking of me. I'm not worried about what's going on on Facebook. I'm not worried about um, bills, romantic partners, whatever it is, I'm not worried about any of that because I'm just focused on doing the crossword puzzle and enjoying my cup of coffee. And I'd encourage anyone who doesn't yet have a meditative experience in your day to find one, right? Meditation is incredible. You should be doing prayer and meditation. It comes directly out of the book. This is not me trying to preach, but you have to be able to have time to listen to God after you've spoken prayer and meditation. Um, but there's other things in life that are meditative, whether it's going on a hike, sitting on your back porch, listening to music, smoking a cigar, um, painting, writing, whatever it is for you. I don't know, boxing, right? Like there's a lot of lifting weights. These are meditative experiences because what it does is it removes us from the, the noise that is out in the world. And there's so much of it right now. And those experiences bring me joy, right? All of those things or any of the things that I do that are meditative and especially for me, remove me from my cell phone are experiences that I need to have to take care of myself, right? Like the experience of a self-care day where I'm pampering myself with my hair, you know, taking care of my body and my skin and all of that, um, getting my nails done. Those are meditative experiences. Self-care doesn't just have to mean that you go out and spend a ton of money on shopping. Maybe it is for you. Um, Self-care isn't always Netflix. It could be for you, whatever it is. Find those in your life and see what works and embrace them. Spend time to yourself. Like I was having a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine about how I had had a date go less than than planned. Um, it was a FaceTime dinner date. Um, it just didn't, didn't feel it. It was kind of awkward and weird and I couldn't get the sound right. And just like the whole experience wasn't great. And I have honestly become almost too comfortable being by myself. I live alone. Um, I have been single for a year now. Um, minus a couple of like small dating experiences in between there. But um, I'm really okay being alone. Like I'm okay with my Thursday night involved me doing laundry and cleaning and singing to Bonnie Raitt. Um, and I could not say that a year ago. Actually, I probably could say it a year ago, but definitely not three years ago. Definitely not two years ago. Um, and I had to find ways to be okay being alone. It's great to be with people. I definitely love people. I'm definitely extroverted, but I am also an introvert. I'm an extroverted introvert, technically, as per my therapist. I don't recharge with people. I need that time alone. I need those meditative experiences to scrub my shower. I like to clean. Maybe you don't. Um... But being alone and embracing that and finally becoming okay with being alone 
has been one of the best things that's ever happened to me because there are going to be times when you're alone, right? Like there's going to be times when, especially if this coronavirus situation hasn't shown us that there are going to be times when you're stuck alone um, and you have to be okay with them. But that's general life, right? Like there's going to be nights where you don't have plans and um, my ability to not be codependent on others has given me peace, right? Like before I was uncomfortable in those experiences where it was like a Tuesday night in my first year of recovery, right? Well, I have to go to a meeting so I can be with people. Like I don't know how to be alone. I don't trust myself being alone, those kind of things. And now I'm at a point where it's like, I have no problem. I go eat alone. I can go to a movie alone. I can do anything alone. Um, maybe I'm getting too comfortable being alone. So if, uh, if anyone wants to hang out with me, that'd be great. Um, but it's a catch-22, right? Like it's incredibly important to be alone. But um, probably if I'm, as I'm talking, I'm realizing I need to not be alone so much. Um, but yeah, so back to the question. Um, find meditative experiences that you look forward to every day. For me, mine is coffee and a crossword. For you, yours might be um, something less 98 years old. And um, maybe you like to run. Maybe you like to work out. Maybe you like to paint. Maybe you like to swat at imaginary elves. Whatever it is, find it and embrace it. And do it regularly. Because it m totally changes the whole life experience to have something that you look forward to every day that is just peaceful and serene. All right, so question numero dos. Uh, who is your hero and what makes you too relatable? So if you're listening and you know anything about me, uh, Brene Brown is dead on, My 100% my hero. I have other ones, um, honorable mentions are RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, Dolly Parton is also another one. I don't know if you're sensing a trend. They're all ladies. Um, I have other people that I definitely look up to that are men, but um, I have some strong females that are my role models and my heroes because I'm an outspoken woman who has learned that women never make history and when they're quiet. And so these women are people who have stood up for what they believed in no matter what anyone else said. And continue to fight for that and give back to communities. So I love Brene Brown. I was introduced to her actually almost maybe like a little over a year ago this time. And I was in this class um, through my church that I was going to. And um, we had to watch her first TED Talk, with, which was about vulnerability. And so I watched that and I just fell in love with this woman. You know, she got super vulnerable on stage. She is... Not only is she very intelligent, which I like to think of myself as being intelligent, um, but <laughs> she's also super honest and funny, right? Like she didn't just come up there and preach at people or give your standard TED talk. You felt like you were there with her one-on-one -on -one having this conversation. And I like people that can show their faults because we are imperfect human beings. And I have a lot of trouble relating to the perfect people on Instagram or the perfect people on TikTok or on Facebook. I'm sorry, I just don't vibe with it. If somebody posts something that's like, hey, my day was shitty and here's how I got through it or, you know, I'm really struggling with this and here's how I got through it. I will like that as many times as it will let me like it. And I know it's only one, but I would like it till the day is over um, because I relate to that. Right. I have imperfections. They're what make me uniquely me. 
And um, I like to see other people walk through the struggle because then I know I can do it. So Brene Brown studied shame and vulnerability for like 10 years. She She also happens to be multiple decades sober. So there's some relation there. Um, But she's just this like badass woman who is not afraid to share her experience and hope that it reaches someone else and to grow. So if you are not familiar with her, look her up on TED Talks. Um, She has two that are really good. One's about shame. One's about vulnerability. They're about 20 minutes long. Awesome. And she has a Netflix special that's pretty cool. And I just... Maybe our physical attributes are not the same. I don't relate to her that way, but I feel akin to her for the fact that she's putting herself out there and that's what I'm doing, not just on this, but what I've learned in my recovery is that, you know, when someone else puts themselves out there, kind of just like beating this idea that I just presented with Facebook and Instagram into you guys is that when someone puts themselves out there and is vulnerable, I connect to them. And we all do. Vulnerability is a true measurement of courage, right? If you're willing to get vulnerable about a situation, it has so much, so much better results. Um, People can can connect to that. People don't relate as well. It may be nice to look at, but to the person on Instagram that is uh, model-esque and has two Bentleys and lives in California and it never rains, you know, that's just not real life. And it's honestly probably not their real life. Um, We have sunshine, but we also have rain, right? Like, and after the rain comes a beautiful rainbow, but you have to have the rain first, right? And so you have experiences in life that are going to suck. You're going to have people die in your life, regardless of if you're in recovery or not. Um, That's part of life. You're going to have financial worries. You're going to have times where you don't feel good enough at work. You're going to have times where um, you're not happy with your body, whatever it is. And to watch other people grow through that with grace is what I like to see. And that's what Brene Brown is doing. So a huge fan of hers. Um, I talk about her all the time. I'm mildly obsessed. Definitely well worth um, checking her out. Um, And we can leave RBG and Dolly Parton for another day. Um, So at this point, I'm going to take a quick little break to have some water and I'll be right back. Well, I at least made it through. (laughs) Two questions. Um, Laryngitis is no joke, folks. Uh, So here we are um, back at it. The next question, I apologize for that, but uh, thanks everyone for bearing with me on that. I was going to just cough straight into the microphone. Um, The next question that was given to me is, what does your best day ever look like? And this one is definitely not recovery related. This is just straight up about who I am. So here's a glimpse into Zora as a person. Um, My best day ever would be on a Sunday. It would start off um, by me tinkering with my lineup for fantasy football, making a cup of coffee, doing my crossword. No, no surprise there, right? Um, And then starting my day off with some kind of experience sitting outside. I might be doing that crossword puzzle sitting outside on my back porch, um, just like starting the day off in a leisurely fashion. And then um, I would watch football all day and eat wings and spend time with the people closest to me. people who want to sit through hours and hours of me watching football. And, um, you know, right before that football would be an experience where I'm connecting to God in my way that I do. I am a churchgoer. You don't have to be. I'm not here to preach Jesus to you. Um, But for me, that is how I connect to God. And so I would go to church first and then thus the football after the fact. Um, So watch football all day. 
talk shit about players and lineups and <laughs> the people in my fantasy league with the people in my fantasy league um, about football all day and then just like finish the day out with um, the last game. And that for me is heaven. And um, preferably doing all of that on a patio somewhere in the fall would be even better. Um, but that's what the best day ever would look like, hypothetically. I really love football. I love Sundays. It's my favorite day of the week. Um, and I like connecting with my football peeps. So if you live in Atlanta and you like fantasy football, reach out because um, my, my crew of people to watch the games with is ever changing as people get in relationships and have life show up and move away and that kind of thing. So I could use more. Um, my best day ever in the past would have to be when I was 16, my dad took me to New York city for my 16th birthday and we went for a whole week and we got to, I'm a huge, you know, musical nerd. And when I say musical, not just doing music, also musicals like the show, um, I'm a huge into musicals and museums and, um, I've always want, I, at the time I had always wanted to go to New York city. It's one of my favorite places in the world. So we went up there for a week and we got to go see musicals and go to museums and eat tons of different kinds of food. Um, and uh, we took a tour around um, New York City, not New York City, but like the island kind of through parts of it. Um, and we just it was an incredible experience. I was on the Today Show and got up at fucking 3 a.m. to do that. Um, but yeah, so really cool experience. Just me and my dad. And. One of the days my dad surprised me and we went to Tavern on the Green. We dressed up and then we got to go see La Boheme at the Metropolitan Opera House. And that experience to share with my father was, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Um, if you don't have to be into the opera to appreciate what the opera is and the Metropolitan Opera House is this massive opera house that, you know, it's just awe-inspiring the amount of, of people that are involved to put it on, the professionals that are involved in it, and so this experience to eat incredible food with my dad and be dressed up, and then to go to see La Boheme, my favorite opera, and sit there and experience it in a truly New York fashion. And then after that, we went to this little coffee shop and had desserts afterward. And, you know, it was a time when I wasn't super glued to my phone. Um, if anything, my dad actually lost his phone in a taxi while we were there. So then he just like hijacked my phone for the rest of the trip. Um, but I had the experience of sitting there with my dad and just talking or at times not talking. You know, we shared um, for me what was my favorite experience ever. And it may seem lame and maybe you're listening is like, that's not that cool of a day. Um, but quality time is incredibly important to me. And to share something that was so important with my favorite person in the world was... An experience that I will never forget. And if you have not had the opportunity to go to an opera or a ballet or a musical and give it a chance, I would say definitely do it. Once all this Corona stuff is over and they start opening up like the Fox here in Atlanta or other places, give it a chance because those professionals work so hard. They are incredible musicians, right? Like breaks my heart every time I see a musical turned into a movie and Taylor Swift is the lead character. I'm sorry. I love Taylor Swift, but 
there are Broadway actresses and actors who work so hard to put on these productions and they could do it on the big screen too. Um, but give it a chance, give it a try. Um, and I'd love to hear the feedback of what's your best day ever. So if you want to send me a DM and share that with me, that'd be awesome. But moving on to the next question here, what is your one word of intention for today? Oof. It's a Saturday. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's kind of hard. I sat in a meeting before I taped this and the meeting was on leaning into God and bringing God into every experience in your life. And for me, that topic screamed of surrender. And I was always scared of the word surrender for a long time because I thought I was this big badass bitch and that being submissive, for lack of a better term, or surrendering to something was weak, right? Like I'm not going to give up on my position, right? I will never surrender to the fact that I believe in certain things. And for those I won't, right? Like a lot of my morals, I will stand by those and on my soapbox forever and ever. But surrendering to a power that is greater than myself um, allowed me to have the most beautiful life that I could ever imagine having. And so I think probably my word of intention today is to surrender or maybe a small phrase of letting go, right? I named this podcast Control Issues for a reason. I struggle with wanting to be in control of every situation because um, I know best. I'm always right. I hope you can sense the sarcasm from wherever you are. Um, but that idea of surrendering and letting go, when I do so, my life is way more beautiful. Um, every time I surrender and allow other people to help me, I connect to someone else and I'm able to learn a new skill and have a new experience. When I let go of what I want to be in control of, it goes way better, right? Like when I try and control an event, for example, and I set all the lights and I set all the players and I make sure the stage looks right, something happens, right? Someone breaks a leg, literally, you know, um, something, you know, Someone doesn't show up with napkins for the barbecue or someone just totally forgets and doesn't show up at all when they said they were going to be the one doing the barbecuing. Um, but when I let go of those situations and yeah, there should be some planning, but those experiences are going to happen. And if I say, okay, you know what? I know how to grill. Bet I'll do it. Or better yet, Ben knows how to grill. Let Ben do it or David or Paul or whomever is the one doing the grilling or Natasha, you know, not don't want to seem like only men can grill here. Um, but when I give over that control and accept things for what they are and I surrender to the fact that I am a not con not 100% in control of my life, things seem to be easier and I have a lot less anxiety in the meeting I was in. This guy shared about being 20 days sober and so cool and chill about the fact that he didn't have to have anxiety anymore because he was doing this recovery thing with other people and um, that like, I don't know, he just talked with such ease and I forget about that sometimes, right? I get wrapped up in like how life should be and future trip and, you know, look to the past with morbid regret and... um his outlook of just like being present and letting go of what he couldn't control, which was a lot. He had a lot on his plate, um, a lot more than I would ever want to carry. And so my prayers are definitely with him that he makes it through those things. But that sense of peace and serenity is what I was looking for 
what I was getting high, but I was looking for it in the wrong things. And then now that I have some time, that first year of recovery where I was able to find peace and serenity in the little things and, you know, I wasn't as in control of life, I've been looking for that recently. And so I needed that reminder today. So I'm very grateful for the, uh, the discussion leader for bringing up that topic. So um, the next question if you were a flower, what kind would you be? <laughs> I love those questions. When I was in Savannah, I worked at this place and there was the question of if you were a sandwich, what sandwich would you be? Um, I can definitely answer the cheese one. So we'll start with that. The cheese one is not a question someone submitted, but I had that discussion with my friend Brian once about what cheeses we would be. Um, I'm sober, folks. That's normally like not sober thinking. But anyway, um, so if I was a cheese, I'd definitely be brie. I'm very white, physically. Um, I have a kind of a hard exterior, but if you cut into it, I'm very soft inside. Um, I like to present myself as unapproachable um, because it's easier that way. But if you get to know me, I'm actually a huge softy and cry at like everything, predominantly TikToks right now. Um, and then, you know, I'm zesty and I am kind of a uh, go with bitter things like cranberries or whatever else that you want to pair with brie. Um, and brie is delicious and I'm awesome and don't give myself enough credit for that sometimes. Um, but for a flower, hmm, I would say I'm an orchid. I love orchids and I'm not just picking it because I love orchids because my favorite flower is actually a peony. But Orchids require a very specific climate and soil and things to grow in. Um, and I <laughs> flourish best when I find what works for me. Um, and then they're very unique. I'm definitely weird. I've cornered the market on that. I now have purple hair. Um, I, you know, let my freak flag fly all the time. Um, I fit into quite a bit of minorities in the sense that I am, you know, I'm, I'm liberal. I say that quietly. I don't want to have anyone not want to listen anymore based on my political beliefs. Um, I'm also part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I have a lot of unique things about me and I kind of see orchids as being um, these very unique and special flowers that um, can be beautiful when nurtured and taken care of and when I nurture and take care of my soul and myself and when I'm doing the right things and for me that soil would be going to therapy right the climate would be the people that I surround myself with so when I'm doing the things that have been working for me and they're ever-changing because sometimes those things don't work anymore um, I'm allowing myself to grow and thus then the orchid grows right? And they're, they're unique. And I have yet to see one orchid that looks completely the same as another orchid. They always have some sort of imperfection, um, which in my mind is what makes us human and makes us beautiful creatures. Um, there's this woman named Charisse and uh, a year, no, gosh, shit, two years ago, um, she talked about how like we should embrace our imperfections because they're what make us us. And that has stuck by me for the last two years. I'm not great at it. Um, I don't love my smile. Um, I There's a lot of things physically about me I'm not super jazzed about, but they're what make me me, right? Um, my freckles make me me. 
And up until this past year, I got made fun of them or people weren't super jazzed, but now they're on trend. So I'm glad that uh, freckles are a thing. So yeah, if I was to be a flower, I think I'd be an orchid. Um, what flower would you be? Feel free to send me information on that because I'd like to hear what flowers you all think you are. Um, and, you know, what's your favorite flower? I don't know. Just feel free to answer any of these questions and shoot a DM to me with the questions and uh, we can talk about it because that'd be cool. All right. Um, what positive changes have happened in the last year? Oof. Ooh. This one's hard. So the most positive change that happened in the last year, actually, and when I say year, I think year is based on my year of sobriety because I got this new lease on life three years ago. So my year three ended in April and began year four. Um, so for me, I kind of look at years that way, less in calendar year sense, um, just because I don't know. I feel like I, I hate calling anniversaries for sobriety dates, birthdays, but you know, it was a rebirth time for me, April 16th of 2000 and, um, and 16, 2017. Gosh, I'm like unintentionally lying about my sobriety date. <laughs> April 16th, 2017. I'm trying to do math. Um, April 16th of 2016. I was definitely still wiling out. But so, um, you know, when I got sober, that's how I, I list my years. And so for year three, the most positive thing that happened to me happened at the end of year three, well, near the end um, in January. Um, and it's not positive in the sense of like something incredible happened that was like beautiful and awesome, but something beautiful and awesome did happen, if that makes sense. Um, I started getting treatment and help for my eating disorder, and I have been pretty honest about it. I do struggle with it still. Um, there's a lot of shame roped around it. Um, especially recently with the coronavirus stuff, you see a lot more people doing the at-home workouts and, um, you know, everyone trying to push on you their products and their get skinny quick things. And, you know, uh, a lot of people, and this is me just making generalizations, so I don't even know if it's accurate, but I, I see people that are pushing diets as diets when a lot of them are really eating disorders. Um, fasting is one of the worst things for me, right? Like I can take intermittent fasting and it's all of a sudden not really intermittent fasting. It was the gateway drug for me to um, anorexia. So with that being said, in January, that was the thing. Like that was the most positive change. It didn't feel positive at the time. It still feels really icky. I'm really uncomfortable and really glad that no one can see my face as I'm talking about this. Um, because I don't look like I have an eating disorder. Um, I definitely, I don't know how, how much of it I looked like it in January. I have a friend that would beg to differ. He showed me some photos of myself that I was like, oh, yep, I guess it's true. Um, but that was way back um, last fall. But nonetheless, you know, in my eyes, that kept me from seeking help for a while because I wasn't 80 something pounds. Um, you know, my thing was very hidden and um, I had kind of learned how to quote manage it, kind of like how I thought I was managing my using. But anyway, um, so yeah, the most positive thing for me was I sought help because then it allowed me to make positive changes in my life and to start to get healthy. And I feel a lot more healthy 
and I haven't had as many of the health challenges that I had as a result of my eating disorder. Um, and I got really vulnerable about it and that pushed me to restart the podcast after a hiatus that was related to my eating disorder. Um, so yeah, that's probably the most positive thing that happened to me last year. Um, didn't feel positive at the time. And that's important to remember, right? Anytime you take this major leap of faith and uh, make an effort to do something better for yourself, oftentimes it doesn't feel comfortable while you're doing it. Their growing pains and their, you know, growth is never fun and it never is easy. Um, so if you're about to make a change that seems like it's not going to be comfortable, but you know it is for the best, do it. And reach out if you need help doing it. Because I'd be more than happy to hold your hand through that experience. Uh, figuratively. No one's touching during coronavirus. Um, all right. What is my favorite personality trait? Ugh. What did my therapist write these questions? Um, <laughs> my favorite personality trait would have to be my tenacity. Um, I am not afraid to s keep going for something that I feel like is for the betterment of me, the betterment of society. Um, if someone asks me to do something, I push through and I do it. Um, I definitely show up. I show up when I'm required to be somewhere. I show up when someone asks me to be somewhere. If someone asks me to do something, I show up. Um, and I don't know if maybe it's tenacity then. Maybe that's really more so my, I don't know, what, what would that word be? It's not really loyalty, but I do that a good bit, um, like a lot to a fault at times, um, but I am trustworthy and reliable. Um, and I think that sometimes it can get misconstrued as being pushy um, with my personal beliefs in the sense of like I'm trying to take over things, um, but I'm really not. If I have a position that I've been voted into for service work, I'm going to show up every time and oftentimes other people don't show up. And so, um, but beyond all that, if I have a friend who asks me to do something or needs help, I will show up if um, I'm the person that shows up. And because I show up, I oftentimes actually get resentments um, because others don't necessarily do it for me. And I've had to recently learn to change my perspective on that. Um, not only are people pretty selfish, but when you hang out with a bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics, we're inherently selfish people. Our big book talks all about that. Um, so... I struggle with that because I want other people to show up for me um, and they don't usually and that's okay because I'm going to continue to act the way that I would want someone else to act for me um, and I'm going to continue to do what I feel is right which is showing up for people regardless of other people doing it. Um, I, I probably need to write some inventory so thanks for that question. I definitely opened up a can of worms in my head. You can't see me, but uh, my my face is like, <laughs> oh, like I have this very introspective look, I think. Um, and I'm definitely, the wheels are turning about what I need to do in response to that question. So thank you. Um, and last question as we end this. And um, I saved the best one for last, in my opinion. My last question here would be, my favorite quote is, you're, 
yeah, uh, the question is, what is your favorite quote? I just botched that. So my favorite quote would be from Silverado, which is an awesome Western movie. It's not set in like old school Western times. It was done in the early, late 80s, early 90s. Um, but it's from this movie called Silverado. And the quote is, life is what you make of it, friend. If it doesn't fit, you make alterations. And it was said by Stella. And um, that was my quote in my yearbook. That is my quote to this day. I have tons of other quotes that I love. Um, but that one is my favorite because... You know, sitting on your laurels, which is something that I do sometimes, and I think everybody does, um, doesn't serve you, right? Like life is what we make of it. So we have the opportunity to shift our perspective. We have the opportunity to, you know, change things, right? Like sometimes doing the same thing doesn't work anymore. Um, I've talked about this before, like if vanilla sex is working for you, great, but you got to spice it up every now and then. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm just using that as a metaphor, but um, you know, you have the opportunity to set forth your life how you would like it to be, right? You have the opportunity to get up today and or show up today in the way that you feel is of maximum service to other people, or you can just be mad and upset about it, right? Like I'm really kind of bored and miss people right now. Um, but I don't bitch about it constantly because it doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve other people. I have the choice to connect with people on FaceTime, Facebook Messenger, or like the video chat version of that, or on Zoom, or like there's other ways to show up. Um, socially distant hangouts where we are more than six feet apart and masked, like things like that. Or, you know, I have the choice to make my life into something that is meaningful because that is important to me and that's me making those alterations. Honorable mention for quotes would be beginnings always hide themselves and ends, which you should go listen to Move On by Mike Posner and also another song that he has called Live Before I Die, which is kind of talking about like his sobriety journey. I don't know if he's sober, but he definitely like, um, he definitely had stopped drinking and using for a while. Um, and he talks about it, but nonetheless, um, Move On is a really great song, and he talks about how beginnings always hide themselves and ends, and I forget about that. I hate the cliche of, like, when one door closes, another one opens, but it's true for a reason. So if you've listened to this whole episode, thank you so much for listening to my rambling and me answering questions. Um, it's a little different from what we normally do here. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please let me know. If you didn't, also please let me know. Um, if you would like to send me your answers to any of these questions, um, please do. I'd love to hear what you look forward to in your day. Um, what are your words of intention on different days? If you were a flower, what would they be? And share with me your positive um, changes in the last year because we can grow from them together. Um, so this makes up episode 13 of Control Issues. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you continue to listen. Um, the next time you will hear my voice will be on Memorial Day. This would be Memorial Day that we're taping, that this is airing, excuse me, would be the following Monday when I tape the episode from me and Lauren H. Um, you can watch every Tuesday on Facebook Live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see the Facebook Live episodes, or if I post a pre-recorded, it'll be at that same time. Um, and, you know, just 
I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day uh, whenever you're listening to this. Um, we are in this together. I know it's a weird time and you don't have to do it alone. So reach out and, you know, grace and peace, my friends. Thank you.